Last time. Last time. Until series four, though. Which has been confirmed. Thank I, God. I reckon they're going to back-to-back it. I definitely think that, given some of the age of some of the actors um, and the sort of the hunger for a conclusion to this story, it's probably going to be a relatively quick turnaround, much quicker than between seasons two and three. Well, yeah, because the season two and three delay was only because of the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now I realise after stalking Kieran Culkin's um, wife extensively on Instagram, they were filming last summer oh, in yeah. Italy oh, and so was Red Scare. Exactly, yeah. So, no, they were filming recently, relatively yeah. recently. So they can they can turn around a series quite quick. They can definitely turn around a series very quick. Um, and oh my God. Oh my God. This episode was so, so good. So in terms of finale for series one, two and three, which is your favourite? This one had a much more subtle, much more mature ending um, with rather than it being some huge shock uh, twist at the end that kind of leaves you shaking like it did with Kendall um, killing the waiter and Kendall turning on um, Logan. This delivered such a sort of surprising lateral blow that I feel so intrigued by it. I don't agree at all. I think this is more of a bombshell. Really, do yeah, you think so? I, I was, I'm more affected by this than series one and two's ending. I think because we know the characters so much better. But also because this is a collective sibling rejection exactly. and trauma. So I feel like this ending is so much more encapsulating of what the show really is. I think that the shock value of the first two um, finales was amazing, but this particular ending just feels so right for this show because it, it took... Every single twist and turn of the series, every single bit of information that you've had to process, it all culminated in that last one minute, you understood everything that was going on. Yes, and then if you re-watch it, you you see the clues building up mm. and that, because I watched it at 2am because um, of the baby and stuff, it was the first time I'd watched it twice in quick succession and now I, there is about five clues leading up to the ending that I completely would have missed if I just watched it first time. So I'm just urging everyone to watch each episode of Succession at least two to four times. Exactly. Make notes in your first viewing like we do. And then, and then enjoy the second time. And then time. enjoy the second time with all of the knowledge that you've acquired. Mm-hmm. I feel so knowledgeable right now. I feel now. so knowledgeable. It's so great, like, being so re- so well-researched Do you on, know what on, I really want to do now, just as a super geek? I want to go back and write down who's directed each episode, who's written each episode, and see if I can just see a little, you know, some some clues as to... you. you because there's there's a definite different energy, such a different energy with each episode. I feel like this episode was less gag heavy. Oh, some... no, no, no. This had so many gags. I disagree. I think that with previous episodes, I've been basically having to struggle between looking at my notepad the whole time because I want to write down literally every single thing that Roman says. This one, I think, was more about plot. I felt there was a really... It wasn't too fast-paced, but... The way that the movement happened in this episode to kind of carry us forward to this ending, I just felt that they had a they had a, a real goal in mind with this. I think the only real point that we paused in this episode was when Kendall was sitting down in the sand. I just completely disagree with you in every single every single point. I mean, there were still so many amazing lines in this episode, but I just think that I don't think I, it was plot driven at all. I think that it was it was we we lived with each of them as they were finding out it out moment by moment I was with each of the characters presently Mm -hmm. and actually I had more time with each character than I've ever had before like when when um Kendall is sitting down smoking I was shocked by that because it was so still then equally with Roman and Logan on the boat going to Maxon's and they have that kind of hilarious excruciatingly real conversation where Logan stares at Kerry and says uh she's a Look! Look at that! What she says, like, it's a fine piece of ass, or a look at that woman. No, he says that it's an attractive woman. He doesn't even. Oh, that's say an anything. attractive woman, isn't yeah. it? And then he says, you know, what is it? Just screens and up the ass with you? Are you scared of pussy? To Roman, and they have that moment of just stillness between them. It was. I just find that there were so many moments in hit in this episode where I was, I was just with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think both things can work. I think yeah. we're just seeing it in slightly um, different ways, but I. Um, I think that this episode was incredibly enjoyable. I actually think that it was also, it, it was it was almost like a play, this episode, mm. in terms of how it opens with Monopoly, well, it opens with Logan reading to Kendall's son, and we know that 
Kendall has either tried to or accidentally tried to commit suicide by drowning. Did you and think him reading that he, the book yeah. to the son and 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 again doing what he did with his own kids of dismissing them and making them feel shit because this little boy likes this still quite immature book. Um, and I also think that was crucial later on when we find out that Logan is is potentially trying to have another baby, that seeing him in this kind of fatherly role and the, the shot of his back in, it is exactly what we see in the intro, mm. um, the credits. And for a moment, I thought we were having a flashback. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mm. I said, this may be the first time the Succession's ever done a flashback. Mm. And it was just quite surreal then to see how old Logan is, but also how old Kendall's son was, Mm. which I know is supposed to be the point that he's, you know, too old to be reading that kind of a child's book. But it was something quite creepy, almost like Uncanny Valley about it. It was like, is this... Uncanny Valley, uh, you know, like it creeped me out. Um, I've never heard that. That's it's a cool a, expression, baby. It's, a, it's actually, I didn't use it correctly there. Uncanny Valley is supposed to describe when something sort of looks real, but it's not quite real. Mm. It's like a movie term described like for when you see like uh, AI, it's supposed to give you the chills because it's almost human, but it's not quite human. Right. Whereas with this, it was like, there was something about it that was just off. It sort of looked like a father and son. But then there's something off because mm. he's too old and he's not his son. And I just yeah, feel like it set it on such a creepy tone. Yeah, but that Logan was so young. And because of his new relationship with Kerry and him drinking all these maca root smoothies mm-hmm. um, to make him more fertile, mm-hmm. I, I actually, his energy in this was just amazing. And it's only built up in the last couple of episodes. His potency. Yeah. But also how strange that Connor is the one to have revealed that information about the yeah, maca but roots. but Connor only revealed that information after having the low with the meetings with the siblings, the kind of, the, the almost intervention with Kendall, which I thought was one of the best scenes in the whole series. Mm. Um he he's so upset that no one's even wished him congratulations and that his whole potential campaign is now going to be stripped because of this Maxon deal that he wasn't informed about. Um, he Once he knows that Willow said yes, even though Willow doesn't want to say yes, but she does because she feels sorry for him, um, he, he doesn't give a shit anymore. He goes up to them and says about Macaroot. And then after saying, I am the eldest child, I should be the successor. He doesn't give a shit anymore. And when he hands over the Macaroot and reveals that Logan is now probably trying for another baby, you know, oh, dad really, really doesn't rate you guys. Exactly. It's almost like by giving, by dropping the Macaroot on the table, it's him saying, I give up. I know yeah. that I'm not his favourite, but neither are any of you fuckers. And I've got love. Exactly. Even and I've got love. <laughs> and I've got love. love. I know. I know. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, when you see the sort of, the really subtle shots of her in the background, just like trying Drinking. to drink away her sorrows. And the closing of the door after she just said, oh yeah, fuck it forever. And you just see her having this face of, what the fuck have I just done? Oh shit, oh shit. And then when she cries at the wedding and everyone, and Connor, you know, turns to her and Greg, they all misunderstand and think that she's crying because weddings are so beautiful. No, she's crying because she's just given away her future Mm. and her dream of love that she probably had as a young girl Mm. has now been fully crushed. Mm, I know. I just think that also this show is so good at um, sort of, making you realise how jarring it is when people in really fancy clothes and really beautiful locations don't talk in a nice way. Like, her response to looking at Connor seeming quite sad and deciding to actually accept his marriage proposal, when she says, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it all forever, fuck it so many times, it's so, like, unladylike is obviously the wrong word because, you know, you they all swear too much and they all do stuff like that. But it's sort of so uncouth and it's so brash. It's in such harsh contrast with the environment around them that I think that the language is another way that the show um, kind of like, it shows you the the moral rottenness a little bit of some of these characters or, or like of all of them. Because no matter what beautiful environment they're in, they still always find a way to make whatever they're talking about ugly, even if it's something as nice as like accepting a marriage proposal, which obviously mm. we know yeah, that she, she doesn't want to do. She has this moment before though where she sees that he's a bit upset because he's usually putting on such a happy, sweet front. Mm. Um, he... And and he's so simple. He's so easy to read. And the fact that she now can't really read him, she's a tiny bit intrigued by. And when she says to him, you're a nice man, Con, Mm. it's just so sweet of her as well because she's basically saying, these people are horrible. Life is quite horrible. Fuck it. Let's just have a nice time together. I know. It's really sweet. But I thought it was really interesting now that we know the ending and we know that basically the big big thing is that Tom fucks Shiv. Mm -hmm. 
I think there's so many clues from early on. So we start with Monopoly, all the siblings playing Monopoly. And Tom leaves early to go and do something. And Shiv just um, kind of is derogatory again about his kind of status by saying something like, oh, you're going to go and, I don't know, something. She says something. And he says, oh, that's quite reductive of what I'm actually doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that Tom, there's so many hints in this episode that Shiv is on her last, last legs with him. And if she doesn't step up and start being nice, he's going to fuck her. Yes, he has a kind of like gentle, calm authority in this episode. It's almost like he isn't quite as scared anymore. No, or something. and I, almost like he's made up his decision already. I mean, I think given how broken he looked in the last episode when she was horrible to him in the sexual sort of derogatory, I don't love you talk. Do you think that from that moment onwards, he's kind of decided that he's going to be on a new path or yeah. do you think that this was more of an impulsive decision no my prediction in the last episode was that he is going to fuck her this episode and yeah he does i thought he was going to leave her which he eventually does but then when willow and the other siblings say willow Shiv- willow willow are you sure yeah i think she's wrong um say <laughs> shiv i think you're cheating and i think I you're thought, accidentally cheating i think you're accidentally cheating i mean shiv doesn't even realize maybe she's meaning to cheat but it's just it's fascinating because this game of Monopoly is almost a template for what the episode becomes. But also how, how absurd for a, like a bunch of billionaires to be playing Monopoly. Mm. Um, because it's sort of like, well, you guys don't need to play that game. You've already won. Mm. But the fact is they still want to play, but they incorporate cheating into it like that's one of the rules. And we were discussing before we started the podcast, um, Jesse was wondering if they are they potentially going to lose all of their money by being yeah. cut out of the deal? And I thought, no. And you think that maybe they will, but maybe they're, they're actually worried what about money. I don't think they've got any opportunities to make new money. I know, but I think it doesn't matter. They're always going to be rich kids. But the only thing that matters to them at this point in their life, money isn't even in the question anymore. It's like doesn't even matter to them. It's about power. It's just about being involved in the discussion. And I think that playing Monopoly is a perfect example of that. There's no reason for a bunch of rich people to be playing Monopoly, but it's just because they want to feel the power over each mm. other. And they are so, it's so fluid to them making these huge decisions, in, even in the Monopoly game. Even to cheat is, a, is an easy thing for Chiv to do. But Willa, she says, she has this moment where she says, uh, actually, no, it doesn't feel right. I'm not going to take something, something, something. And she's the only one who second guesses because mm. this kind of decision is is a big thing. It's life or death for her. Exactly, exactly. Um, no, but I disagree. I think that they do need money still mm-hmm. because Kendall says it in the last couple of episodes, you know, what what am I going to do? I need a settlement. I need to bill because rich people, when they're rich, also spend a lot of money, need a lot of money to survive. And to maintain, so I, yeah. I do think it's slightly more desperate than than it seemed. I don't think they are just rich kids who can stay rich. I think that they need some form of safety. And I think what Logan does in the end of this series is absolutely castrate them. I don't think they have anything. The mum and the dad have basically said, you guys need to work. You need to make your own pile. Adversity is what we had, so you need to have it. I don't think this has actually been good for you, the mum says. Yeah, I think it's strange. It is strange that both parents sort of chime in in the same note at the end, like in unity. And Shiv says, oh, wow, I think we just walked in on mum and dad fucking us, which is such yeah. a great line. You but, sit our throats, mum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe this is also going to complicate their lives financially too. But they are shareholders, yeah, they but- are also billionaires, they definitely have trust funds and they all own property. So I, I just think that it's much more about the loss of power um, than it is about the money aspect. But you're right, I think that there probably is um, a danger element to that too. But the mum and the dad, so Logan and Caroline, want the children to survive on their own. Mm. And they've never been given that opportunity. And when she says, um, when, when he says, I, you know, you're going to have to make it on your own, this will be good for you. I think that's them basically saying, no, we're, we are cutting you off. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was just so sweet. I thought this whole episode had so many moments of, you can imagine that they were doing a, a similar thing when they were children and their behavior. And even in terms of how they react to their children and their potential children, say with Shiv's pregnancy or Logan's new baby, I think it's also telling, like when Kendall comes in at the beginning at the end of this Monopoly game and he is just kind of hovelled over and he's looks wearing... so weak. Like so... looks like Logan, to be yeah. honest, when he's been he, the way he was walking holding a Lucas aid. It was there was something quite sort of staggeringly um 
not childlike, but sort of ghostly about mm. him as he came towards the others. Well, he's ashamed. Yeah. He's ashamed again. Mm -hmm. And I think he would have preferred to have died. Yeah. Do you think that he intentionally tried to kill himself? Yeah. I think this is a typical situation of, of rich people covering up a, sh a scandal. Mm -hmm. And no one's really saying the truth, which is that, yeah, he tried to kill himself. Oh, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Comfrey found him, pulled him out of the water. They're all having to say, thank you, Comfrey. Comfrey then stabs Kendall in the back when he says, actually, guys, I'm, I think I'm going to... I talk think to that I'm going to talk to Vanity Fair and I'm actually going to put the last five years of my interactions with dad up on Insta. Mm. It's just so pathetic. And, and and she tells them after he's left, oh, actually, we're the ones calling Vanity Fair. In my mind, I think because they're painting Comfrey as like at least morally neutral, but maybe a nice person. I think she's saying that to them because she's also sort of saying, I know he tried to kill himself. Don't worry. He's not going to be getting up to any interviews anytime soon. That was, I think that she's trying to reassure them in that moment. Yeah. She's, As a sibling, you know, your brother almost died he's not going to be talking to the press yes, anytime soon yes um but when kendall then suddenly echoes logan's tone and everything by being like where are my kids kids and shiv quite sweetly says no they're coming they're coming you know mm. get let them be they're kids mm -hmm. um so i think shiv even though you thought that she was being quite nasty in this episode and at points i think there's certain moments in this where she is the older sibling who is i mean not not the oldest but the, the female sibling who's quite caring mm -hmm. at points. Mm -hmm. She calls Kendall Buddy yeah. when he crouches down and starts crying. You know, she, and she was the one to kind of set up this intervention where she's oddly wearing a suit. Yeah, she was the only one dressed so formally. It was kind of interesting. Um, but, I think that... Um, but I think that they all revert to their child's role, childish roles. So Roman in this episode is like a little boy throughout. Mm-hmm. Throughout, yeah. he is. It's only at the end that he gains even any strength. Because, so after we've seen um, the one too many limoncellos, sort of mm. Kendall's uh, re-entering, because there were so many fan theories online um, when I was looking on the Reddit boards and stuff, people wondering if he was going to kill himself. A friend of mine even suggested that, given the New Yorker article that came out about Jeremy um, Strong. Is it Jeremy Strong? Yeah, yeah. it's Jeremy Strong. Um, she said that, given that some of the other actors criticised him, um, from the show, a profile like that wouldn't have come out had the character been a, still alive for season four because it seems like a sort of, you know, a final thing that you would say. But I also read an article from Jesse Armstrong saying any people that make up any fan theories think that the show and the writing is so much cleverer than it actually yeah. is and that people just need to stop. Whatever's in the scenes, take it from that. Don't interpret anything from behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, but what's life cool. about? you got to make, you make, make Come your on, Jesse. Come on, Jesse. We're just having a bit of fun. Don't make us feel stupid. Exactly. Um, we love you there. But Roman, when, when Logan comes in after, he has a kind of, he has lots of mysterious calls here. There's stuff going on without us, without the kids knowing right from the beginning of mm -hmm. this episode. He's always got, already got things in motion. And Roman sweetly says, oh, Dad, do, do you want me to come with you? Oh my God, his voice is a bit higher in this episode whilst Kendall's is lower. Mm -hmm. um, and Logan says, no, 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 stay here and play with your dick. And then says, no, I'm just joking. Yeah, yes. come with me. Which whatever. is way more jarring than if he had just left it at the mean statement. Yeah. Instead, it's like, does are you still in the loop? Are you not still in the loop? Are you my like lackey boy or are you my right-hand man? Um, well, he's and, still punishing him for the dick pit. Yeah. But he still wants Roman by his side as his little puppy mm -hmm. that he can kick. Exactly. Because he thinks, he thinks right up until the end... I'm, this is my sort of wounded child and I can use him however I need to use him. Because ultimately, Logan knows that for the future of him, he needs to have an air of, well, he needs to have an air, but he also needs to seem like a family man. Exactly. He, the, the shame of Kendall killing someone, the shame of Kendall trying to kill himself, any any kind of tension within the family is going to bring their market value down. Mm -hmm. So he knows that he's got to keep at least one close. Mm -hmm. But then I thought it was quite interesting, the language, there was so much kind of poetic language in this episode, I thought, with Logan. Mm. I thought Logan was almost Shakespearean at points with what he was, mm -hmm. with his dialogue. Um, but when they arrive at Maxon's mm -hmm. after the amazing moment on the boat with mm -hmm. Roman and Logan where um Logan is looking at um Kerry and saying isn't that an attractive woman yeah. and no I yeah. know I know um we just said that baby um and um he suggests that Roman um gets straightened out and I wondered what he meant by that because straightened out is that 
is that like in a literal sense, like go to rehab or go to some sort of like sexual therapy? I think Logan prides himself about being a grafter who's built him way up that is straight and follows not the rules, but plays the game. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact, I think this, that shows that he has such, he's so disgusted by Kendall and the fact that Kendall was or is an addict and that Maxon might be, you know, into hallucinogenics or whatever. Like he, he has such disdain for anybody with those weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. It's more weakness. And so when he says to Roman, go and get yourself straightened out, I don't want to know. Mm. That's him saying, I am not willing to talk with you about what's made you fucked up sexually. Mm. Um, even if it you, was my fault. Even if it was my fault, which is something that he would never, I don't think, examine within himself. But you go and deal with it. Go yeah. somewhere else where I can't see it and then come back when yeah. you're better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was such a boomery way of, of, of dealing with that sort of yeah, a situation. Exactly. And and later when he's talking to Maxon and there's that moment where he... he, he there's so many moments where he becomes philosophical. 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 Yeah. But first of all, when he gets out of the boat mm. and oh. there's a helper and Roman holding out their hands and he doesn't take Roman's hands... Mm. They're all little clues for later, aren't they? Sprinklings of what's to come. And then, um, but he's but the philosophical thing. He the philosophical, the philosophical thing. So he gets off the boat and he immediately says to Maxon, "You know what's going to happen with the merger?" And and Maxon says, "Oh, we're getting straight to it. Uh, well, yeah. Otherwise, everything would be boring." And then Logan says, "Well, yeah, everything is boring, isn't it?" I just think that's a really strange moment. Yeah. Well, it's Logan reading people really, really well because. I don't think that Logan does find everything boring. No. I don't think that's well, true. No, he says, oh, everything is boring, isn't it? Apart from this. Yeah. The business. This thrill of fucking his children over, of getting more money for his pile, is what is making him live. Mm-hmm. And but also maybe the thrill of maybe having a new offspring and fucking Kerry. Which is such a strange note to have thrown in last minute, but no. I mean, love it. Um, but I don't think Logan does find life boring. He's just really good at reading people and he knows that that's what this silly, crazy little rich boy wants to hear, you know, especially coming from a legend like himself. But then also Matson at this point, as they're walking towards the table to negotiate, has this weird line about Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg and the slaves. And, yeah, and I think when I first watched it, I thought this story was kind of irrelevant. But then I think this, Maxson saying this story about how slaves used to all wear the same... I mean, we're probably going to get this completely wrong. No, no, no. Um, the, the, um, uh, in Rome, they suggested that slaves all wear the same thing. Colour cape. Um a colour cape but um, it was decided against because if the slaves could see how many other slaves there were they, they would, would rise up and kill their master yeah exactly and I think this is really important because Logan takes this on board and doesn't want to be killed as and the master so, and therefore does not let the children know what's going no. on yeah exactly I mean it's so prophetic isn't it it's just amazing um, yeah so he and then I was with Roman just being so sweet and basically Max is okay well let's sit down um and, you know, basically your business is old. You're old. I think you're tired. And then Roman pipes in and says, do you know, you know, he's in great shape. Do you know he's who he's fucking? I know, like, my, dad, my dad is cool. Constantly defending. He's he's just so sweet, so small. Um, and then again, another ph- 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 philosophical line when um, he says, uh, Maxon says something, you know, like, oh, well, do you really believe that? And Legs says, well, you know. It's something to say. He's being so revealing of his dis. You know, um, what's the word? He's he is slightly bored with the situation. He is looking for a shake up, mm-hmm. and he, then he starts going on about the past in America mm-hmm. and these giants that Gentle used to be giants. around with who smelt of gold and milk. I mean, it's so biblical the yeah. imagery, and then he's saying that these people pissed it all away. And it's on like meth and yoga, exactly. And it's I mean that that has to be a reference mm. to to Kendall, yeah. to his kids, and to the people around him, probably the other sort of media moguls who have maybe fallen through illness or through addiction. Logan is the only person from that era who's still standing. Mm. And that's the reason why he's surrounded by younger people. Yeah. Because he is the only one that didn't sort of cave in to addiction. To, to weaknesses and and, is, and has been cutthroat mm-hmm. in every other aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's let those weaknesses might have had a nicer time. Mm. But he he's proud of being that ruthless with, mm-hmm. with everything else. Yeah. Um, but then I think Maxon is so clever here because he plays to Logan's ego by saying, you know, uh, you know I sh- you're hurt... 
you're probably hurt, you're probably tired, I should be the one to take over. I can maintain your prestige. I can make it nice for you. And I actually think Kerry is the only one who seems to be giving him a little bit of thrills at the moment. Um, Maxon saying I can make things nice for you is is intriguing to Logan because everybody else is kind of out for what he can give them. That's so true. And so it's this, and he says it twice. He says, you know, I can make it real nice. And I think Logan is just flattered by this. Exactly. And also, it's not messy. All of his kids have fucked up over and over and over again. So Logan is sitting opposite what he probably wishes one of his kids would would mm, have become. Exactly. And the fact is, his kids have fucked it. Yeah. Roman says too many dick pics. Yeah. Shiv always fucks it up like by just saying the wrong thing in a mean way and it's not tasteful exactly and kendall is is an is an addict mm-hmm. and has fucked it away and so him it's it's just so true he's he's just pissed off that his kids have been given everything that he didn't and yet they still haven't lived up to their potential exactly. and his, his his hopes for them exactly and smelling of gold and milk i mean that's also such a sort of childlike image, isn't it? Because milk, i.e. children, but also gold, as in these children have been born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Maybe he's saying that his children could have been giants and they've also all, also mm, pissed it all exactly, away. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then very sweetly, when when uh, Maxon says, you know, I should be the one to take over, they cut to Roman's little face. Mm. And Roman is just like, Dad? Dad? And thinks he's joking then when... He thinks he's joking when Logan sends him away back to the wedding and he thinks, oh yeah, well, I better get back for those nuptials. Mm. And then realise he's not joking and then tries to kind of style it out in front of Maxon, who's his big, cool friend, you know? It's just heartbreaking. It's so embarrassing. I feel so, so embarrassed yeah. for him in that moment. Oh my God. And he squeezes his dad's shoulder on the way out. He squeezes and Logan doesn't give a shit, but <laughs> Logan also, I think, at least he has Roman there. Roman is on the inside, but then we go back and we see the sibling intervention. And it's just, oh, Shiv's in a weird suit. Kendall rocks up and he sort of looks like, um, uh, like a bit like a rock star. He's wearing like a sort of uh, chainmail yeah. um, metal necklace and sort of matching outfit. I fell off my fucking floaty. I just fell off my fucking floaty. And it's so funny, this intervention, because it's so harsh it's how i imagine our siblings our would have siblings an, would have back, an exactly so when when he realizes you know look we love you shiv says you know we're here because we love you um uh, what is this as an, an invention you you you, you, you need you, an invention no, yeah you, you need, need an, an invention you need an you intervention. don't get to intervention me it's just so funny it's so childish exactly it's just so typical of probably all siblings mm-hmm. um and then Roman jokes, you know, well, actually, I'm a bit churned up about my big brother to Connor when Connor says, you know, uh, I just think it's just so funny how they're joking already about it. But they're also hiding the fact that a huge thing has just happened. Mm-hmm. If Kendall had died, everything would have changed. You know, when a disaster strikes, life does stop. And they all know that, oh, that was a close one. Mm-hmm. And but they're, they're not talking about that. Exactly. But they're constantly skirting the big disaster, mm. you know? So they probably um, think that they, they can just, like, glide over it. They can glide over it and they got away with another fucking near miss. Exactly. Of a tragedy. And then we have um, Kendall opening up and saying, look, you know, uh, do you have any idea what it's like as the eldest sibling to be promised something and to be taken away? And you zoom, zoom in on Connor... As he's sort of playing with his knife, really? it's really strange. It's 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 so awkward. It's so adolescent in a way, but it's also obviously slightly aggressive, you know. But it's a butter knife, which is so sort of um, it's so classic for him because yeah. he is sort of like impotent. He loves butter. He just loves butter. <laughs> no, but like for him to be holding a butter knife as he's kind of like trying to cut himself, but failing at it because it's not sharp enough. I no, he's that cutting that was... the table. He's no, just, just he's just like so annoyed and doesn't know what to say and is just being an idiot. Exactly. So it's just it's such a perfect image for him. But when he actually comes out to say I'm the eldest son, he says no. He says it under his breath. Yeah, first, he which mumbles is even it, worse. and then and then it gets louder, and then it's something that he repeats. I'm the eldest son. Shouts, and everybody looks, and then Shiv's like, "Come on, just stop it." Mm-hmm. And um, he, let, let me lead. Exactly. And then he does let Shiv lead. Yeah, but he leaves them on the note of saying, none of you have said congratulations to me. Mm. Um, and I think that they all do feel genuinely guilty in that moment. But he also says, um, you know, I didn't see I didn't see Park for three years, uh, but your spoon wasn't fucking shiny enough. Exactly. God, why do you think he didn't see 
Well, so I reckon when he remarried and started having kids with Caroline, he probably just didn't see Connor. So Connor has been wiped off. Connor is the oldest son. Exactly. But he's just been disregarded like trash. Exactly. And that's why... That's like why he trash. has certain... And then later on, they're all standing by the trash cans mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. they're being thrown out. Exactly, exactly. Oh my God. So much imagery, isn't yeah. there, Jesse? Um, so, then yeah. Then we have Connor and Willow in the fuck it forever scene, which mm-hmm. is just so great. But standing by the car, ready to get in, and Willa, Willa, um, sees uh, Connor's face hurt by what his siblings have said and decides to take pity on him. Yeah. You're a nice guy, and how bad how bad could it be? Imagine if you responded to a proposal being proposal in that way. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, fuck fuck it. But he doesn't even notice. No, he he's just, so thrilled. He's just so happy. Yeah, and then only on the second watch did I realise the importance of the next tiny scene with Frank and Carl arriving, with Kerry ushering them in, and they immediately say, "We need Wi-Fi. We mm. need Wi-Fi. We need a room. How is he?" And then Kerry says, oh, well, he's fucking amazing as always. Mm, mm. Um, it's because they obviously have already been told that this is the plan. They're going to kill the siblings. Um, let's go. And I thought it was really interesting how in this episode, having had Frank, Carl and Jerry as such strong presences in each episode, really, um, suddenly it is all, they take a back seat and they're observers into the evilness of, of of Logan mm. and how that he's about to destroy his their his kids, so they just take a backseat and watch. Yeah, but also this episode is supposed to make you wonder what's going on. It's supposed to feel secretive. It's a fo- it's supposed to feel like a bit of an exciting mystery. So the fact that Frank and Jerry um, and Carl are sort of sweeping around in the background and and, and you don't really know where Kerry's taking them mm. off to and where's Marsha going. And then you see them all in the room at the end, silently sitting there. It makes you realise that real power is um, it's when people just fall in line. Yes. And you don't see them because they're not with the siblings anymore. Yeah, it's they like are, in acting. And they are just followers. They are not the main players here. They are going to follow where the money and where the power is. It's like and that's why they're the sitting part, there. You find out you've got the part. Exactly, exactly. Also, how how interesting that Kerry was wearing like a bright pink bright suit. Bright pink, she baby was really, pink. She was like... She was out there, you know, she, like, I feel like her, her feathers were on full display. Well, actually, I thought there were so many shots in this where we were following Kerry's eyes or mm. following her back. So mm. right at the beginning when she's delivering a smoothie, which we don't realise yet is a fertility smoothie, mm-hmm. um, to, to Logan at the pool. And then later when she's going in to just say something secretly to Jerry to usher her up to where the secret room is, we are following her. And even her relationship with Marsha, which, which is so weird because Marsha is so silent and that's that can't be uh, like I was thinking there must be a scene that's been cut between mm. we must have just not seen something of Marsha but I think that's that's on purpose to exactly. show that Marsha is implicit in this too absolutely she wants to fuck the kids over and do you think maybe even Marsha is sort of aware of well, the fact well, that- well, when Logan then Marsha comes out the room and Logan's on the phone and does this to Marsha saying don't tell the kids now I realise that's what it was. But also maybe Marsha is aware that... That you know, was me doing a shush sign, sorry. Maybe Marsha is aware that Logan is going to have a baby. Maybe maybe Kerry and well, yeah, Marsha are in it Well, yeah, because of course she wants her to have a baby. And Alfie's theory is that it's not Kerry's baby. It's Marsha's baby. But Marsha's too old. She's surely... Exactly. So Kerry will carry the baby. I see. Maybe they're all in it together in some sort of like weird mm. psychosexual thing. Exactly. I mean, fucking. I mean, when she talked to, um, I can't remember what that actress was called, but the one, the the really skinny, um, sort of slightly older actress that Logan was having an affair with, with the Fringe yeah. in the last series. Yeah. When she kind of came up to Raya. him, was like, yeah, Raya, and she said that she needed to get ch- tested. Mm. There was something weirdly sexual mm. about that interaction too. Like Mar- Marsha is aware of the women that Logan fucks. Also, can we just briefly at this moment now we said about the pink suit talk a little bit about the fashion you know about the outfits and the sort of strength of the costumes this season oh my god yeah I think it's so um pointed what Shiv is wearing I've started following this account on Instagram that if anybody is still watching the show should follow called Succession Fashion or the Fashion of Succession and it's really interesting to see outfits from the show screenshotted next to the actual outfits on the designer websites and how much they cost they really invest in making these people dress like billionaires in this mm. show. But something I noticed on the threads and the forums recently was that Shiv's outfits this season have seemed to kind of clash with, well, her sort of style and what sort of suits her. And in previous seasons, she seemed so streamlined, so 
fitting. And almost her outfits this season, some of the brighter colours, especially with her pale, pale skin in the Italian sun, it's made her look slightly out of place. Mm. Some of the prints even that have been chosen have looked slightly tacky. And I think, or at least the people online do, and I thought this was quite interesting, that maybe it's to show that Shiv is a little bit out of her depth. Mm. She doesn't look quite right. But she's not, she shouldn't be in the sun. She shouldn't be in the sun. She be, she, 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 hope, hope you had Factor 50 on. Get that alabaster skin Sarah? out of the way. Sarah. Snooky. Yeah, no, it's, 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 she doesn't look like she has chosen those outfits. I no. think a stylist, uh, Shiv has a stylist. Definitely and, Shiv and has a stylist. And supplies her show, uh, clothes. Um, but then we have them waiting outside the w- wedding, Peter anxiously looking for Logan. Kendall's late. And Harriet, I mean, um, Caroline, Caroline, the mum, says, you know, I'm sorry, but he's not going to make it. He's just going to put up with me. Now I think... Harriet's, sorry, Caroline has already made the decision that she's going to fuck her children over. And I think she's deciding here and then, you are going to marry me because you love me. And if you think you're marrying me because you're going to get any power from my ex shitty husband, you're wrong. So I've just fucked you as well. Yeah, she holds a lot of cards. I don't understand at the end when, when she says on the phone, um, Peter's so excited. I don't know what Peter's excited about. He's excited about the fact that she's got the Eaton Eaton flat. So she wants the Eaton flat, but she's taken out the clause that the siblings can always retain a little bit of power. Well, she mentions the wedding, the divorce clause in the previous episode when she was having that chat with Shiv. Yeah. So the fact is, maybe this has been in the works since then. But then again, that would take away from the Tom betrayal. Um, so maybe that's not true. But the fact is, uh, it, she was negotiating the divorce contract so that she could get access to one of the properties that well, she liked. She's basically, wants her new husband, who she's in sexual thrall, enthrallment to, to enjoy himself and have mm-hmm. a nice flat. And she doesn't want to live on macaroni and memorials. Mm-hmm. And so Logan's probably said, okay, if you want the Eaton flat, then you take this little clause out. I know, but then we think that the clause thing she only flipped because Tom found out from Shiv's phone call in this last episode. So that might confuse the timeline a little bit. Okay, so basically Harriet has been has been pushed over by Logan. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. sorry, Caroline. Anyway, then we have the wedding, Willow crying, mm-hmm. Willa crying, which is just so great. And then you have the moment, Greg in this episode is is fascinating because he's 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 kind of given up on Comfrey, mm-hmm. but still has her by her side. And then he's got the Countessa, the Contessa, the Countessa mm-hmm. on his side too. And he's flirting with her and he thinks he's a bit going to become a grand duchy or something you know royalty he's thrilled and he's kind of playing them both yeah the contessa says that she loves weddings and greg says oh my god yeah i know and then comfrey on the other side says oh my god this is such this is such bullshit and he's like oh my god yeah no i know it's the worst it's a really funny kill kill me now kill me now Mm, it's nice to have a bit of comedy you know and then shiv making another mistake just another stupid mistake with her speech which again I don't know that you could read into it that her basically bitching to her mum as she's meant to give a nice speech and saying oh you know my mum's been never around for me but you know I hope that her marriage is what it just it was shit awful speech it's embarrassing maybe the mum makes up her mind then that she's gonna call yeah do you think that the mum would have been truly insulted by that speech well, no, she says something like, she, well, she, she shakes her head in a way that's like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, Shiv, it's quite strange to see that she is like not as charismatic as she could be in a, in a public speaking scenario like that. But then again, she doesn't particularly like the mother and they have a very strange relationship. So it makes sense that she would do a shitty kind of speech. Yeah. And um, then we have Carrie the Kerry revelation that, you know, she's supplying Logan with macaroot for his semen and it just all suddenly kicks into gear now Mm -hmm. when the Maxon deal seems to be jeopardized. No one knows what's going on. Um, And Greg has got wind that there's some kind of, there's lots of powerful people in town Mm -hmm. for a reason. And I, I mean, it's a bit blurry. I don't know whether it's because, I don't know. The WhatsApp thing and Greg. Well, we think that Greg um, is informed because he's like looped into the assistant's WhatsApp. Um, but then again, it also could be an indication that Greg is actually slightly better at the business side of things than we are aware of. He's just mm. goofy in real life. But it becomes very clear that there are things going on that the kids don't know about. So, and and Jerry is swept away and Roman find, tries to find out from Kerry what's what, why. Um, 
And then Shiv finds out from Roman, okay, well, I'm going to come clean. Maxon wants to buy buy us out. Mm-hmm. Shiv goes into absolute panic mode, mm-hmm. tries to get Kendall to come. Who's having have a, a peaceful cigarette on his yeah, own. Yeah, really weird shot of him low down and solitary and sad. Mm-hmm. And then just the best scene in the, you know. In this the, is definitely one of the scenes of the season, isn't it? And it's just so beautiful how it looks. They're by the bins outside. There's sand everywhere. They're all just in the blaring sun and all just, just panicking. They look sort of so out of place. And yet also they fit the scene because the sandiness kind of looks like an old schoolyard. And they look so young for a second again and they're also they're, they're actually quite nice like Kendall immediately is says look I don't want to get involved I don't want to get involved and Shiv says no you need to because we need to work out what we're going to do Kendall sits down and starts breaking down and basically tells them everything. he he says that he's not feeling connected to his children he says he's not feeling connected to anything Con- and children he's bad. or endeavors mm-hmm. and I think that if those two things aren't working for him mm-hmm. then he doesn't have anything yeah and he isn't he's then the same as his father mm-hmm. yeah um so what's so amazing about this scene um with kendall finally confessing that he killed a kid um is that you really do get a sense as what i was saying to you before that this kind of secret it is the kind of thing that when you're carrying it on your own yes it could completely destroy you but it's also the kind of information that the second that you share the burden it becomes a different thing entirely. And I just felt that because we get so much meanness in this show, we get so much of the worst, we get so much of the cruelty, to see even the moments of Roman and Shiv doing what a sibling would do is what I would do for you, which is trying to laugh it off, mm. trying to make you feel better about it, saying, no, you didn't, you didn't kill him. Sounds, mm. like, sounds like you did what you could. I would, have, I would have run away in a heartbeat, making light of it. I felt, I literally felt like a weight coming off of my shoulders. Yeah, I can't even imagine what Kendall would and have felt. And he immediately burst into tears, you know, I, I'm so lonely or it's been so lonely. And it, yeah, he just, he, he, I thought it was just so interesting that he, kept saying to them, no, I've done a bad thing. I'm a bad person. I'm a killer, which is exactly what Logan wanted him to be at the end of the first series. You know, you're not a killer. And then Kendall's whole plight in the second series is to try and be a killer. Mm -hmm. And then that's what he tries to do at the end. And he fails again. And he's basically saying to his siblings, I tried, I tried to get us out and, and I failed. So now we have nothing. And then when Shiv gets the call, I don't know who Laird is. Mm. Who's Laird? You layered. layered. Yeah, I know. Laird, Laird is now, was in on the negotiations and then was taken out. So wanted to be nasty. So got in touch with Shiv to tell her what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, as Sh- Sh- Shiv is having this call to find out the, what's happening, Roman sits down with Kendall and kind of sweetly says, you know, well, we've all clipped a kid with a Porsche. Yeah. Which is just so sweet because he's just trying to make Roman feel better. And Roman, I mean, Kendall truly does laugh. Mm. You know, he actually... Does seem lighter. It seems like the first time he's genuinely laughed in a long time. And it is disturbing, obviously, to realise that these people don't care about the kid that died. But I think in their world, at their level, they just truly know that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but Roman makes a good point. You know, it doesn't sound like you killed him. It sounds like you tried to save him and it was the water on the road that killed him. Which makes you, as a viewer, reconsider. It makes you think, yeah, I mean, that is kind of what happened. But the truth is, it wasn't, I mean, it was, Kendall did manslaughter, you know, that's what he did. I mean, if he had actually come clean there and then, yes, his career would have been over and their family would have been, it would have been really difficult. But everything is better if you tell the truth. And that's in the car when they, so basically then Shiv makes it clear that they're fucked and they need to go. Mm -hmm. After a nice moment of them sort of just touching his shoulder. Shiv sort of grabs his head and it's that awkward thing where you like don't really want to be super physically affectionate with a sibling but you also like I even find it sometimes awkward like you know being physically affectionate with you but you still want to do it yeah. because it's it's important to show something yeah and um they walk away and Shiv's like well where where, where can we take you there's I mean in their weird fractured way they are caring in that moment they they are genuinely concerned about him well it's because all siblings can relate to this it's you can say the worst things to each other do the worst things so much can happen so much time can pass and yet you can still be transported back to being 
together. I would so I would fully cover you if you murdered someone. So, so would I. Completely. We haven't murdered anyone, don't we? We haven't. But then, then, oh my God, Kendall then says, can I be with you guys? And just, in, he means in the car, but he's also meaning forever and from now on. It's just beautiful. It's just, and it, it was so framed so perfectly as they're sort of stranded out in the wilderness. They're on their own. They don't know what's going on. And they have to band together in that moment. But Shiv has this new ferociousness in her eyes. Mm-hmm. They get in the car and there's a lovely long scene of them in this van on their way to basically take their dad down. Kendall seems to get a bit of life back when mm-hmm. he says to them, no, it's he can't do this. He can't ruin us because of the law. And Roman you know, is so boy-like and says, you know, I just don't want to go, you know, me and dad have a relationship now and, you know, we, I don't want to go in all team Shiv. Um, and Shiv's like, he does, you think he's going to protect you? You you really think that, like, you know, people always want to believe that the person who's abused them is going to, it actually loves them. But mm-hmm. no, he's going to fuck you over, Roman. Yeah, exactly. Roman looks incredibly uncomfortable and shifty and it's only towards the end of the car journey when he, and he still has to say things like puke. Okay, maybe I'll think about it. Ugh, my God, I mean, whatever. No, but, but, I, but I, he says a puke, you know, I can't say this. Oh my God, it makes me feel sick today. But I think actually we would be better off as a team. We make a pretty good team. And it's just so sweet because he's choosing his siblings, even though he's kind of up until this moment in this episode, been so on his dad's, you know, been there for his dad and wanted his dad's approval at every single second. So... They they are choosing to go in as as a as a as a trio. It is heartwarming. It's it is so lovely. heartwarming. And and the fact is that they they have a they that they're okay as long as they're together. Exactly. And they all have so many individual flaws, but their flaws are also different. That when they are together, it does kind it does of work, work as a team. It does work because you've got Shiv's ruthlessness, you've got Ken's business mind, and you've got Roman's sort of sense of the human touch. Yeah. together they do actually work as a totally. team. I believe that they can accomplish things. And then when they go into this huge house and they try to find their daddy after after Shiv has spoken to Tom on the phone. Oh yeah, Shiv speaks to Tom on the phone. We see Tom. We see Tom make up his mind. He, he goes over to Greg very glowingly in a, in, 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 a, in probably the kindest interaction he's had with Greg in the whole show. But after saying on the phone to Shiv, where do I fit in? And mm-hmm. Shiv's like, we'll talk about that later, just assuming yeah. that Tom will always be there. Exactly. That he's going to fall into line, she can click her fingers and he will do whatever she says. And then Tom sort of floats over to Greg in full power and suggests to Greg that he comes on board with him. He can't tell him anything about it, but you should trust him. Come over to, you're going to do a deal with the devil with me. I mean, that's already such an indication. I, I thought it was weird, the, the the sort of the language about devils and Greg saying that he didn't have a soul. Um, who who needs a soul? Yeah, Blue souls. Tom, Tom says, you know, who has ever cared about you. you in this family yeah and he is literally talking about his own wife yeah. in that moment yeah he's decided there and then i mean oh god you should have guessed from that moment it's amazing that the sexy. show he's sexy he's in that really, moment because really when sexy. he walks away like i've got things to do mm-hmm. you're like what are you gonna what are you gonna do tom exactly i saw on the reddit thread as well um <clears throat> people talking about the tragedy of shiv and tom's relationship if only shiv could see the version of tom that we as the viewer get to yeah, see yeah, yeah. when he's psychosexually torturing greg or when he's making these decisions in his mind to be kind of ruthless yeah. that would be the man that Shiv would actually fancy but instead he only shows the weak side to her yeah until until oh my god this is the best scene I think in the whole series Mm, no I I feel like the the scenes between like like Shiv and the mum that scene no but that stands alone because it's just so unusual because the mum isn't such a recurring character in terms of all the main players being in one room Plus having the audience there of Jerry and Frank and fucking Kerry. Like the Greek chorus. Honestly, I mean, the show just constantly comes back to these strong, striking, arresting images that basically are just so Shakespearean or they're so like Greek tragedy. It's just so classical. Mm. And Logan's... So basically they try to find Logan. Roman speaks to somebody. He's like, can I look at that paper? Do you know where my dad is? Logan? Sorry about my accent. Um, <laughs> We're going to miss your accent, aren't we? And then we have the security guard outside the room. And this is the first indication that Logan already knows that these three are here. But also when Kendall walks towards that security guard, probably an image of such fear in his head up until that point, because he is the one that retrieved the key card. He's he the one that him. knows Kendall's secret. But Kendall walks up to him with strength yeah. because he's been bolstered by and his he's siblings. And right with him. I mean, it was beautiful to yeah. see that. And Logan shouts from him and then let... 
from it within the room let let them in so somebody's already let slip and they don't quite clock that yet no no and he's so kind of casual oh sit down sit yeah. down sit down come in come in come in oh but get this fucker out I don't want him hearing yeah he says he's giving me doggy evils I don't trust him yeah oh my gosh which is so reductive you're saying you're, that, that's your son that just fucking tried to kill himself and you're yeah. saying that he's giving you doggy evils yeah. but then Roman goes on the sweet kind of line of dad what's going on and Shiv stupidly yet again goes in too harsh whenever Shiv goes in too powerful and too authoritarian with is that the word I don't even give a shit it is Um, it is and you pronounce it right and everything thank you with her dad Logan starts to hate her Mm. because it's showing oh no she's rising up Mm -hmm. let's slam her down Mm -hmm. so what Logan does in the next within this scene is go from right let them let them in see what they've got to say and I'll see if they can just understand where I'm coming from. And then if they don't play ball, I'm going to fuck them. Mm-hmm. And so Shiv goes in too hard mm-hmm. and says, you know, we, we, you can't do this. You can't do this. You know, after oh, him. And she looks so flustered in her face and he then imitates her like, oh, you can't do this. That it's, was a shocking, horrible moment. You realise how much disdain he actually has. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, his interaction with all of the siblings in this moment is... It's so lacking in any of the kindness or... I mean, not that he really shows a lot of kindness, but any of the thoughtfulness that he's previously shown them, it kind of reveals maybe all of that to have been fake. I don't think he's ever really respected them. He's let them get by because they've done their job and they've been useful enough. But in this moment... He's had a complete change of heart when he's realised how how incredible somebody like Matson is. You know, his what he wishes his children could have been like. And as he's talking to them at the end, even after he's trying to persuade Roman and Roman has decided to side with them, you can see that like they have never lived up to his expectations no, at all. I don't think he's shown any thoughtfulness, though, in, in all three series, to be honest. But there have been moments where you've thought, oh, maybe he thinks that this one has a bit of a chance. Well, no, so he tries to get then Roman to come with him and say, you know, come on, you can still... Maxon thinks you're good. He actually thinks you're good. He rates and you, he seems he rates to you. actually mean that. But Roman just loses his voice and footing and just, Dad, you know, why are you doing this? Please, please. And then... Logan says, you know, what what do you expect? Why else would I fucking do it? And Roman says, love, love, (laughs) love. And then Logan says the most brilliant few lines. I I can't remember them, but something about you think this is love? You coming in here and you think you had guns, but they turned to sausages? Mm. That's probably completely wrong. No, no, no. The guns to sausages line was right. Exactly. Because in his mind, love doesn't matter. Force matters being brave matters and actually like promising something and then sticking with it. Yeah, right, it, we're going to finish in a second. But then the moment where um, Logan is now, right, I'm going to I'm gonna pull the trigger on you guys now. You're mm-hmm. fucked. Gets the phone over from Kerry, puts the mum on speakerphone. And oh my God, Caroline. And I just love her wavering voice. She always sounds like, oh, I don't quite want to be having this conversation. I'm a bit busy. It's so perfect. She's got that British thing of constantly sounds like she'd rather be making a cup of tea. To be fair, she is on her wedding night. Mm. And this is, you know, her kids again wanting some. I think they're treating the kids here as if they want money from their mummy and daddy. Mm -hmm. They want more pocket money. It's so embarrassing. They look like such, such losers as both of their parents. Yeah, the kids. As both of their parents are basically telling them to fuck off. And work your way up. Mm. Do what we did. This hasn't been good for you. I don't actually agree with the whole thing. And maybe this will be good. Peter's so excited. And Shiv leans into the phone and says, you just slit our throats, mum. Shiv... I just feel so sorry for them. They just both both been they've all been stabbed in the back by their own parents. And as they're sort of trying to um, recalibrate and like put their intestines back inside of their stomachs, I can't remember which one of them says somebody must have told them. Somebody well, must have only, leaked. It's only after that. So Logan's like, "Go on, fuck off!" The lot of you pedestrian losers or something, mm. and then walks out the room. And then Shiv's like, "Yes, so somebody must have told them we're coming." And then you see Tom come in and Logan put his hand on her shoulder. And the hand on the shoulder thing, that's an important sort of um, image and theme for the show. How many times have we seen a hand on the shoulder mean so many different things? And in this episode, we've seen, you know, Roman try and touch his dad's shoulder. We've seen Roman touch Kendall's shoulder. Like we've seen so many moments of that being such an important gesture. And then for Logan 
to give that to Tom. Mm. And like to Tom, he did in the previous episode where he says, I'll remember this. And for Tom to then walk over to Shiv, who is shaking. We yeah. have never seen her look so vulnerable. As Tom stands just out of frame, finally tap, holding Shiv's shoulder, finally in the driving seat yeah. himself. And she has to now realise that her husband has got power. Because mm-hmm. she and doesn't she, say anything No, she doesn't say anything because that's all to come. And because she knows that now Tom... She has to. She has to kind of. She has to play ball with him. It's like, yeah, it, it, you know, that's 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 your that's your owner, that's your master, and you're the slave now. Yeah. You know, like, with reference. like she's been told she is throughout anyway. And then the last shot is on the siblings. Roman, like the little boy he is, is sitting on the floor, and and Kendall and Shiv are over. Um, no, Ken. Yeah, Kendall and Shiv are back over him. Oh my god, it's just so so tragic. Poor Roman, and and then again, Roman. again just thinking that his dad's going to love him and he's just been kicked down again, kicked down again. Oh my God, it's so good. It was such a brilliant ending. I think that um, what I, I like... I fucking win. I, yeah, I fucking win. But I think ending it with Tom fucking Shiv over is such an interesting, such a clever mm. place to finish things because w- rather than the last two seasons which have ended with one person really being the sort of shock twist um, and Kendall, you know, whatever, all of the siblings now, they have lost all of their footing but they have found each, each other, other again yeah. and that's a really interesting place to leave things well I think it's really interesting that they referenced at the beginning of the episode with Kendall saying I'm going to put the last five years on Insta mm. because yes they've lost now their family power that they had but they still have their name mm. and they can still fuck their dad over if they're modern about it they can put everything on Instagram they can start doing selling they can sell their stories. They can and write he did books. Look, he did look flustered when they all said, "Well, you can't, you can't um, have a change of leader without us having our votes." It's not like he obviously knew already that he had the the Caroline card in his pocket, but he did look genuinely annoyed that they were banding together. Like he looked threatened. Well, he wants his children to be close and to not really understand what's going on. Yeah, and to not like each other. Like in the first two series. No one knew who was going to take over. They still, they didn't realise that Logan was never going to give them that chance. He wants that. He wants to still have the power over them. And he wants to have another fucking baby so that he can finally get the kid formula right. And then that person can take over when when they've come of age, which is in another fucking 25 years. Because Logan thinks he's going to live that long and he's still going to be in power that long. Uh, the most annoying thing that could happen is if Logan now becomes like a doting, lovely husband and father and a happy guy. Yeah. Because he's retired. Basically. That would be the biggest insult that he could possibly yeah. give. So I think that they're, in the next series, they're going to all become um, Roy Slaters. Or so, maybe Tom is maybe Tom is now the heir apparent. No, I think Tom, Shiv will play Tom along because she wants to have some kind of in. But I think Kendall and Roman would do some kind of public slaying of, of Roy, the Roys and write a book and become, like do things that have up until this point been sacrilegious. Mm. Um, but Kendall hopefully will start to heal, which is a re- really weird thing to want because I can see that he's kind of evil. Like he he killed that boy. He and didn't yet, kill that boy though. But I he think, didn't and, and I want him to be okay. I want Kendall to be okay. After really disliking him as a character, now I, I, or I really do love him. I just think, I mean, we all read the profile or bits of it and, you know... I can't hate Jeremy Strong because I think his performance is too good. No, but if you read the Hadley Freeman interview in the in the Guardian, he's really sweet. He's just an actor. He's like like a fanboy of acting. He's such a fanboy of acting. He had all these posters of method actors on his on his walls, and he finally found his big break. You know, in his late thirties, like. I just think it's quite beautiful and inspirational. I think the way that he commits to this character is like nothing I've ever seen. No. So, but my, but still, my heart is with Roman. My heart's with Roman. My heart is always with Roman. And I think Roman. his acting in this episode in particular has just been beautiful. When he's on the boat on his own, going back, looking just absolutely crushed. I think his in the dick pic scene where he realizes what he's done. His face, his face is so great. Mm. I think I think uh, the episode before uh, this one was your favorite. That's my favorite episode ever, definitely. I was just unwell in the last uh, podcast that we did, so I couldn't show how much I absolutely yeah, I loved agree. it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Actually, but I think the dick I think pic that scene. I just has think, to given there. the number of like shocking, I just wow that one. But how great that they did all of the shocks in the penultimate episode yeah. because they were leaving us with a much more subtle. Subtle ending this time. I know. I think I enjoyed both equally, actually. I think I've enjoyed... I think these two final episodes have been the best things I've ever watched on TV. Chef's kiss. Yeah. 
But all of it, just a brilliant series. And brilliant. we just thank you for being patient with us and letting us um, just talk you through the plot of each episode. Talk you through the plot in detail. Which you could have just probably looked up on Wikipedia. online. Online? Online? On Wikipedia? But you know what? It's been a bit of fun for us. <laughs> bit of fun for a us. A passion project. And there are some other Succession podcasts out there that are probably way much better. better way and they know more the well names. researched. Willa, Willa, Carrie, Carrie, <laughs> Carrie. Who gives a shit? Carrie and Willow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Mil- and Roger. And you know all Milken. the kids. <laughs> Milken. Lenny, the dad. Caroline and Harriet. <laughs> We had a great time. We had a great time. And I can't wait to be with The Voice again. I can't wait either. And, you know, I just think my dream role as an actress would just to be a secretary in the background who just has to come up to Logan come on. at one point. Season four. Quick blowjob. Come over to London. Leave. Come yeah. over to London. We'll be in it. We'll yeah. be in it for free. For free. I'll do it for free. Yeah. I wouldn't do it for free, but I would definitely, definitely be up for anything. Exactly. Brian Cox, we'd be up for anything. Yeah. We'll have yeah. your next children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. double surrogate it. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Or sell him your child. Sell him my child. Yeah, sell him yeah. your child. My this kid's gonna be out for out for some work. Exactly. So <laughs> take him, take him. Drink his blood. <laughs> okay. Adios. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.